Glad that you're here today. And um, what I want to kind of call your attention to is next week we're beginning a brand new series called Just Walk Across the Room. And um, it will, uh, there it is right there. And as a part of that new series, we're actually going to um, have a small group experience. And so if you've been intrigued about how, how do I share my faith, it's as simple really as walking across the room. And when we choose to walk across rooms, lives are changed. And so the small group is actually going to happen upstairs at 9 o'clock. And we're going to entice you a little bit with two things. The first thing is, there is free breakfast. Yeah, that's good. So you don't have to cook. And if you come here, that's a good deal. And uh, it will look better than what's on the screen right now even, okay? So free breakfast for everyone who comes. You can't come at like 10.20 and try to take something, all right? You've got to be there at 9 o'clock. And then secondly, we have free child care also, okay? So uh, for some of you, you know, you, you'll feel like you're on vacation. I mean, you don't have to cook and uh, you don't have to deal with your kids. It'll be like vacation. So vacate your homes a little bit early uh, next week. And at 9 o'clock, I'll be there, and uh, we'll be upstairs, and there'll be a small group experience, and um, it'll be just really, really cool. And we'll be done by about 10 o'clock. And so our goal is for 50 of you to kind of uh, take that step and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be there. And uh, we'll do that over the next four weeks. So are you with me? Oh, it sounded weak. Maybe you will be next week, 9 o'clock. All right. Well, at this time, I invite our greeters to come forward as we uh, receive our uh, morning offering. And if this is your first time uh, just kind of checking out the jar, uh, we're not interested in uh, your money, so you can just leave your money in your wallet or pocket. Um, But if uh, you call this your church home and this is the place where you serve, um, then I would encourage you to give generously um, because of the generous God that we have. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your church called the jar. Thank you for every single person who is here this morning. Bless their lives and bless our church as we try to make your name made great. I pray, God, that 50 people next week would come and be a part of that training of knowing how to walk across rooms. Because it was probably for every single person here that someone invested in them. They walked across a room. They showed your love. And because of that, they're sitting here today. And God, in the same way, that's what we want to become. A church that walks across rooms and loves people into a relationship with you. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would come and you would guide us. For those who need encouragement this morning, it's been a tough week maybe for them. Um, Would you encourage them? For those who need challenged, would you challenge them? And help us all to know today, God, 
how to get beyond the bleachers and get into the game. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure. All right. Now, the state of Indiana is known for many things. You might say corn, cows, hogs, uh, whatever. But the one thing that the state of Indiana has expertise in is basketball. And when it comes to basketball, there are just some amazing names that have come from the state of Indiana. There is Oscar Robinson, the big O, uh, who was amazing. There was uh, George McGinnis, uh, who you see there, who uh, did amazing things. And there are tremendous basketball coaches, too. Uh, John Wooden, who won more college basketball titles than anyone else. There's uh, Gene Cady, who did never win a basketball title, but we still like him. And then there was Bobby Knight, uh, who uh, our state still falls in love with. And then we have some legendary basketball players like Larry Bird, Larry the Legend. And just this week, um, Reggie Miller from the Pacers uh, had uh, his Hall of Fame ceremony, and and he was retired into the Hall of Fame. But there was one other person that was an amazing basketball player, and we have one more picture of him. For those of you who will listen to this, it's a picture of me. A stunning, huge picture of me. And when we uh, were thinking about the teaching this week, I thought, you know, I've never had my picture besides Bird or, you know, Reggie Miller. And now people can honestly say that, you know what, Bunch was like mentioned with Larry Bird and Reggie Miller, you know. So if you get nothing out of the teaching today, just go, did you know? No, I'm joking. Um, but, but that is... Uh, You know, Indiana. Indiana's known for that. And so when we first started the jar, one of the things that I realized was that if I was going to connect with young families in our community, I was going to have to get connected in some way to basketball. And so I decided to coach. And the first team that I coached was this team. That's the dream team. They wanted me, but I said, Coach K, you know, he could take my place. Actually, my first team looked more like this. And they drove me almost to my grave, to be quite honest. And uh, when you're in a basketball gym, as much as I was in those first few years of us starting the jar, you see some weird and strange things. One day, I got there early before our game, and I had all of our team together, and we were watching uh, the game before us. And I noticed that the one team had these 
huge kids. I mean, some of them were as tall as me. They were giants. And uh, the other team was just a bunch of scrawny, awkward kids. And I started watching the game, and the scrawny kids could barely even get the ball to the half court before it was stolen, and they took it down to the other end of the court. And this was the bad news Bears team of Muncie. And they couldn't dribble, they couldn't do anything. And it wasn't even halftime yet, and I looked up at the scoreboard, and the score was 26 to 0. 26 to 0. It's not even halftime yet. 26 to 0. A goose egg. And I looked to the sideline of the coach of these bad news bears, and I'm not kidding you. Let's imagine that the game is happening here, and here's all the players. He's looking like this up into the bleachers. I mean, he's not even paying attention to the game. He's just looking up at the bleachers. And I thought, well, maybe he's just looking up to see his spouse or kids or or wife. But no, I mean, for the rest of the half and most of the second half, he's looking up there and the game is going on behind him. He never looked up. He had turned his back to the action. You see, friends, the key to any sport is to get into the game. You can't be looking up at the bleachers if you want to be a part of the game. Anybody know uh, who this uh, next picture is that will come up on our side screens? Who? Shaq. The Shaq Daddy. The Big Diesel. Now, Shaq is an interesting character, but Shaq was a winner. He won with the Los Angeles Lakers for three championships. He won also with the Miami Heat for one. So he has four rings. And then he got traded to the Phoenix Suns. And then his career kind of (laughs) slid down after that. But when he first came to Phoenix, they had this big press conference, and they were all excited to introduce him. And one of the reporters asked him, what are you going to do now that you're here? And Shaq looked straight at the person, and he said, what I'm going to do is win. Win. Well, the Phoenix Suns didn't win anything. (laughs) And uh, he went on to the Celtics, and they didn't win anything either. But Shaq is a winner. He may be one of the top five centers of all time ever to play the game of basketball. He's one of the best of all times. And this week, I was thinking about it. I was wondering... You know, when when Shaq said he was going to win, I started asking myself, what are the keys to a winning church? Like if a church is really going to impact their community and grow people and love people into a relationship with Jesus, what would those winning keys kind of look like? And the first one that came to me was this, that winning churches turn toward the action. Now, winning churches don't turn away from the action and they look up into the bleachers, but winning churches turn toward the action. 
The first church that ever came together happened 50 days after Jesus died and was rose again and then ascended into heaven. And this first group, this first church, folks, would not have been the people that you would have picked. These were a bunch of flub-ups, mess-ups, and screw-ups in life. But they were taught by Jesus that the key to following me is to always to be into the action. Now, the only problem was, was once Jesus ascended back into heaven, they all became afraid and worried. Now, why do you think the early church, those first people, after they saw everything that happened to Jesus, why do you think they would be afraid and worried? Because they thought their fate might be his fate. Do you remember what his fate was? He was an innocent man who was placed upon a cross and nailed to it with a sword in his side and a crown of thorns on his head. It's not one of the things that you want to volunteer for. And so they were worried about it. They're concerned. But on the 50th day... After Jesus rose from the dead, we call it Pentecost, God's Spirit came down upon this group of people. There were only about 120 of them. And one of Jesus' closest friends and the guy that he handpicked to lead the church, and he denied Jesus three times, walked away from him, wasn't there, but he, Jesus handpicked him. His name's Peter, and he stood up and he told people, we can't turn away from the action and look into the bleachers. We have to get into the action. And we have to go forward. And so I want you to turn away from anything that is messing up your life and turn towards the one who taught us how to live. And this little ragtag group of people kept meeting together and growing together. They continued to stay into the action. And it tells us that on Pentecost, 3,000 people came to Christ. And within just a few short weeks, 10,000 people did. And Peter wasn't educated. He wasn't trained. They didn't have any multimedia stuff. He just got into the action. And it's interesting. A scripture, it's one of my favorite scriptures... The Jewish opponents come and they get upset that all of this is happening. And this is what they say. These are the people who have been turning the whole world upside down. Let's go ahead and read this together again. These are the people who have been turning the whole world upside down. You know what I would love? is if the jar, every time you guys went out and you did stuff or you connected with someone and they said, what church do you go to or, or where are you at? And you said the jar, that they would say, man, I've heard about that. That's the church that is turning our community upside down. It's turning Muncie upside down. It's turning Delaware County upside down. It's turning all of East Central Indiana upside down because God is moving in that place. In fact, I can't think of a better compliment for any church in our entire community than for someone to say, wow, that's a place where people are loved and they're turning 
the community upside down. So first of all, winning churches don't look to the bleachers, they turn to the action. And secondly, winning churches follow the game plan. Winning churches follow the game plan. The Bible says this, a wise person plans ahead, a fool doesn't. Let me read that again. A wise person plans ahead, a fool doesn't. In other words, a wise person looks ahead. They plan ahead. They have a game plan. And a wise person has a strategy. So the question really becomes then, if we're going to be a wise church, how do we have a game plan? What is our game plan? When your program, in the very middle of it, on the top of it, it gives our mission and values, and right underneath it is our game plan. We had a game plan here at the JAR for about the first uh, six years. And then last year, uh, we have a new game plan. It's called JAR 2.0. And I'll just read it for you. You can look at the side screen, too, if you want. The vision of the jar is to dream of a place where we embrace the outcast, encourage the broken, and empower the poor. It is a dream of being outward-focused as we share the good news of Jesus Christ with thousands of residents in Muncie, Delaware County, and all of East Central Indiana. It is a dream of 800 partners growing together in spiritual maturity through small groups as we serve together, worship together, play together, and live life together. It is a dream of having a healing center that provides free medical care, counseling, job coaching, and a food pantry to help join God in holistic healing. It is a dream of having 200 people a part of a recovery program. It is a dream of having a growing effective children's and student ministry with a summer camp experience connected to it. It is a dream to have a transportation ministry that helps the least of these have transportation to worship the Most High God in our community. It is a dream of sending out hundreds of people on short-term mission all around the world. It is a dream of starting at least one new daughter church. It is a dream of having our own building on 20 acres of land. Now, folks, this is our dream. But it's not a dream without a plan. And we've been planning. And the cool thing is, is that we're already seeing movement in many of these areas. We're starting a high school ministry this year called The Outlet because we love student ministry. We've hired a new uh, small group coordinator in Emily Scoglin to take our small group so that everyone's growing and everyone's doing amazing things. Celebrate Recovery is touching lives like never before in recovery areas, and we're looking towards how can we get more people healed up. Grief Share, where many people who lose loved ones and they go through their life and they're stuck in grief, we're working towards that. And soon, October 14th, we're going to two celebrations, and the reason we are is because we want to create more space and more room for people to come and grow closer to God. And that's our game plan. That's part of the plan. 
And this will allow many more people to worship and connect and grow and serve and learn how to love like Christ. But to be a part of the plan, to be a part of the dream, we need everyone to like stop looking at the bleachers, get out of the bleachers, and actually get into the game. And you know what I love about you guys? I've loved it about the jar ever since day one. Every single time that I challenge you to step up in faith, you step out. You say, hey, you want me to step out? I'll step out. You want me to serve? I'll serve. You want me to do something to impact lives? I'll do that. Because my life's been impacted. The truth is, Jesus said this. He said, if you want to grow, if you want to be great, the key is to be a servant of all. Well, winning churches turn to the action and they follow a game plan. But what about the people? Because the reality is, the church is not a building. We all know that, right? I mean, this is no crystal cathedral in here, baby, you know? But the church is really about the people. So what are the different types of people that are in a winning church? What are the types of people that are connected to a church? Well, first of all, they're what I call spectators. Spectators. And for some of you, that's where you're at today. You're just checking this place out. You're a spectator. And we love spectators at the jar. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we we say every single Sunday, we're not worried or we're not interested in your money because you can spectate here for a while and it's okay. We always want this to be a place where everyone belongs, everyone's cared for, everyone's accepted, regardless of where you're at. But if you're a spectator, you're watching the game, and that's cool, that's fine. I want to encourage you to take as much time as you need to spectate. But I want to challenge you, don't stay a spectator for life. Don't stay in the seat for life. Don't get stuck being a spectator. Because the fun and the joy and the strength and the growth is when you're in the game. You've got to move. You've got to have progression. Because that's what the Christian faith is all about. It's about growing. Now, the next level is what I call the fan level. The fan level. Now, what begins today? Anyone want to take a guess? Oh, look at you. You're like, oh, I'm so holy. I will not be doing anything this afternoon except praying and asking God to come into my life. Yeah, right. It's the NFL. It's the beginning of the season. The jerseys are out. People are here. I talked to our bass player, and I was just asking him. I said, hey, I said, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you know everything. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the day off. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, man. I was like, he's taking off so he can play because we're going to close with the final song. And I'm getting all pumped up. And he's like, yeah, I got off so I could watch the Colts. <laughs> but today, 
There will be Bears fans and Bengals fans and Cowboy fans. There will be Packer fans and Patriot fans and Steeler fans. And there will be a lot of Colts fans. It gets weaker every year. Yeah? All of you were just on the bandwagon when Peyton was here, right? Oh, it'll be Colts fans. That's who I'll be cheering for. And this happens in the church too, folks. There's fans. And fans are important. People are like, yeah, go to our community church. I love this place. I love the music. I love the children's ministry. The teaching's all right, but I'm learning to love Chris, you know? But I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of the jar. And when you're around people, you, you cheer us on and you say, man, it's a great place. Come and connect with us. And you know, sometimes what happens is I'm in different settings in this community and people don't know me. But I'll be in a setting and they'll say, well, what do you do? And I'll say, well, I'm the pastor of the jar. And pretty soon they become a fan. They're like, oh man, I've heard about that. Isn't that, that where it meets in the gym? Like it's not a real church yet, but you guys are getting close, right? And I used to have other thoughts when people used to say that, but you know, I've gotten a little holier since then, and now I just say, well, thank you. You know, thank you. Folks, it's good to be a fan of the jar. We need fans, people who are cheering us on, who are cheering one another, who cheers on the staff, who cheers up, you know, the body of Christ. But you don't want to remain a fan. Because if you remain a fan, you might become a fair weather fan. And you know what a fair weather fan is, right? Well, that music sure was loud today. Sure wish they'd turn it down. I hate that song. Oh well. Uh, you know, that teaching. Bunch taught about money today. How could he talk about money? I hate that. And all of a sudden you just you know, the fanship just kind of slows down a little bit. You know, as a, as a fan, and we're all fans of something, especially if you're a guy, and most guys won't admit this, but if you're a guy, you still have this fantasy that you're going to make it professionally in whatever sport it is. You do. I mean, I still think that the Pacers are going to call me when I go try out, you know, in the summer. They think, I think, you know what? I'm 40 now. Now I'm mature. Now they need me, you know? And I'll hear this when I play basketball with guys. Guys will be playing, you know, and they're pretty good. A lot better than me even. They'll be, a, they'll be like, oh man, you know what? If I wouldn't have hurt my knee, I'd have been Division One. If I wouldn't have hurt my ankle, I may have made it to the NBA. And I look at them and I go, no, you wouldn't. You really wouldn't. You see, fans fantasize. They're fanatical. They think about how great it would be to be on that team, but they're just fans. And the key place you want to be, folks, in the life of the church, is you don't want to just be a spectator or a fan, although those things are both important and great, but you want to be a team player. You want to be a team player. You want to get into the game. 
You see, as a fan, you're a consumer. But as a team player, you're a contributor. Let me say that again. As a fan, you're a consumer. But as a team player, you're a contributor. Now, in high school, I played on the basketball team at Anderson Madison Heights High School. There were only 12 people that made the varsity team. I made it both my junior year and senior year. But there were, you know, about 100 guys that actually tried out. Anybody know what this is? Can you see it? I'll move this out of the way. Anybody know what this is? Yeah, it's a bench. You know where I spent most of my two years at? How do you know? Why would you say on the bench? You know? Someone right over here. No, that is where I spent most of my time. And um, I rode the bench. I averaged .9 points per game for my career. Not nine points, .9 points per game. I don't even know if people can do that, like if it's mathematically possible. But at the end of my year, they said, well, this is what you averaged, .9 points. Now, I wore the Bucks uniform with pride. I practiced hard. I was looking through some old memorabilia last night, and I had this little plaque. My senior year, I was given the award, Mr. Positive. You know, when you're in high school, you want any award. What, the one you don't want, though, is Mr. Positive. It's not that funny, you know, I'm still... But most of the time, folks, I just rode the bench. Now, I just want you to know, it's okay to be on the bench. Teams need positive, encouraging, building people up to stay on the bench. It's okay to be on the bench. It's okay to be a fan. It's okay to be a spectator. But if you really want to see the game, you've got to get into the game and be a part of the game. And the key to going to church, folks, isn't just coming and being a spectator or a fan, but it's being a team player. Well, finally, after Christmas break, I got off the bench of my senior year. And we played LaPel High School. And LaPel came in, and I was the sixth man, and I scored my career high eight points. Not point eight, eight. In fact, my uniform got sweaty for the first time in two years. They actually washed it. Most of the time they just said, ah, just keep it for next week, you know. And then I went on and I played at Elwood and then I played against Alexandria and Lafayette Jeff and a lot of the other uh, teams in the NCC conference. And all of a sudden, I was like in the game and I was playing. And it felt so great because I was contributing to the team. I wasn't just on the bench. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you on the court? Are you in the game? Are you serving? Are you helping once a month with hospitality or children's ministry 
or with setting up chairs or tearing them down. I mean, it's time for us to get off the bench and into the game because it's in the game where you have the most fun and where you grow. And if you're already in the game, keep playing. Keep serving. Keep contributing. Now, when you walked in today, all of you received a card. It'll come up on the side screens. It looks like this. I'd like you to pull it out real quick. Hold it up once you have it. It might come up on the side screens. But it looks like this. On the top, it says, Volunteer Now. It says, Volunteer Now. So when you get it, just get it up, wave it like a fan. You're all fans now. You know, you're fanning yourself. Okay. Anyone not get one because we can get you one? Just raise your hand. One of the greeters will bring it to you if you didn't get one. So just raise your hand. Somebody will bring that to you. Okay? Here's some up here. If you don't have yours yet, just share with the person beside you. But I'll read up on the top. Right underneath Volunteer Now, it says, Below, you will find a list of volunteer opportunities at the JAR. On the back of this card is a description of what is involved in volunteering for each opportunity. After you've looked over the list, please fill out your information and circle the one, not two, not three, just one that you have the most passion for. Now, I don't want you to fill it out right now, but I just want you to hold on to it for a second, because in just a second, we're going to release you uh, not to leave, okay? So, Gary, lock the doors. No one gets out, okay? Just kidding, just kidding. But uh, if you would, there'll be some tables and there'll be some people. You can go back and you can ask them kind of what it involves. All of our serving opportunities is just a once-a-month commitment. So don't circle it now, but they're on the back, and you can uh, circle one of those. And in a second, I'll encourage you to go to the tables, and you can do that. But we need you, we need everyone to kind of fill this out. Now, some of you might be saying, well, Chris, I'm not sure. I'm, I look at these descriptions. I kind of see what there are, but I'm, I'm not really sure. And uh, that's okay. Just pick out the one that you think is the best. Um, doesn't mean you're committed for life. It just means that, hey, you know what? I might have some interest in being a part of this. I want to be a contributor. I want to be a team player. And uh, if you're serving already, we want you to fill this out too. So don't feel like, oh, I don't have to do this. I'm already doing this. Because there's a little section on the side that gives two celebrations. One's the first celebration. The other one's the second. We need to know as we head towards October 14th, how many volunteers are we going to have for a first celebration? How many will we have for the second? Does that make sense? Okay. So just check that off. And I know for some of you, you're like, you know what, I served and I served a long time. I served like three or four years and I took a break. And, uh, well, that's okay. Everybody needs a break. We don't want burnout in this place. But if you've had a little bit of a break, it's time to get back into the game. Because we need you, and it's important for us to be able to continue to go forward. Again, it's just a once-a-month commitment. That's it. 
Now, at this point, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to release everyone, and we're going to play some U2 music because we wanted to get you ready for the NFL because today everyone will be going a beautiful day, whether you win, lose, or whatever. Now, don't leave. Just go ahead and look at the tables, and in about five, seven minutes, we'll come back, and we'll close out, and we'll be done. So let's, uh, let's pray. God, I ask right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to folks about what area you're calling them to serve. Encourage them with your still, small voice that says, get into the game. Get into the game. Not because it's going to add something to your schedule. Not because you're going to feel overwhelmed. Not because, you know, the church really needs it. Do it because when you do, you're going to grow. You're really going to grow. God, give us the courage now to get beyond the bleachers, to get off the bench, to live beyond ourselves so that your name really would be made great. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, five minutes, seven minutes. Check out the tables and then we'll come back.